Good evening, it's Monday the 29th of November, and this is Scrapbooker's blog for a 36 degree night here in Sterling Heights, Michigan. I'm in the Hatherley neighborhood, which is situated east and north of the intersection of 15 Mile and Ryan, which is my home territory. And I'm turning from Hatherley Place to Burke Court right now. Just uh, kind of having a look to see what's around. I found a few things. Been out for about 10 minutes, 12 minutes, and uh, been meaning to try recording something while I'm driving. I've done it before, but didn't work out so good. I was using my camera that uh, is the, um, the the dash the dash cam in my truck, and it picks me up just fine, but it uh, has a limited amount of memory. So uh, I thought I'd record this using this, the recorder function on my cell phone since I'm really only interested in audio anyway. It's dark night out. Video wouldn't show you much. And uh, I'm just going to see if my descriptive powers are good enough to sort of carry the day. Anyway, turn it on to Ashburton Place. Um, so it's the Monday after Thanksgiving, and uh, we haven't quite gotten to the point where uh, um, Christmas lights are up everywhere, but they're they're certainly starting to show up. There are some houses that have a lot of decorations. They went up a couple weeks ago, and the weather turned warm unexpectedly. We got up into the 60s over a weekend, about two, three weeks back, and the more enterprising among us took the uh, opportunity to put them up while the weather was nice. Now the weather is frigid. There's actually a little bit of snow on the ground. We got three inches of snow on Saturday. We're going to get another inch or two tonight, they're saying. Um, flakes are starting to fly. And uh, anyway, I wasn't all that certain that it was going to come out tonight because it's cold and dark and I... Uh, spent a good chunk of the day yesterday replacing ball joints in my son's car, but, you know, uh, the dog needed to go for a ride, I needed to go for a ride, life's been kind of, kind of stressful lately, and, uh, there's no better way to go for a ride than to stay close to home and pick up trash, in my opinion. Well, what I, some people would consider trash. Anyway, I'm a scrap metal recycler. If you know me, you probably know this already. Um, I gather up bits and bobs from here and there and turn them into money. Um, down at uh, a uh, local scrap metal business. So, the idea here is... Uh, you know, I'm rolling along 10, 15 miles an hour down the neighborhood streets on uh, garbage garbage night, as we call it. It's just the night before it gets collected. Everybody drags their cans up to the curb and anticipation of the sanitation engineers coming by tomorrow and picking it up. And uh, sometimes things jump out at me. Sometimes I see a large pile of stuff that 
I know from experience if there's a large enough pile there's generally something there and other times oh there goes a cat right in front of me and there's another one sitting on the driveway cold night to be a feral cat um, other times you know it's 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 out there in in plain sight it, it's it's really a mixture of experience and also uh, knowing what, what to look for now here's a hardy soul he's out here it's 8:40 at night him and his wife looks like they're out there wrapping lights around the trunk of a big tree in their front yard 36 degrees pitch black outside <laughs> off of Barcroft way back on the Heatherly Place heading uh, south for just a second I'm going to do a loop-de-loop -loop. just make sure there's an area in my travels here there's a couple areas that there's just no getting around it you you end up doubling back over the same territory twice um, it sucks it's kind of inefficient but there's so far as I can tell no easily calculated way to go through a neighborhood like this and cover all of it without hitting some spots more than once which is what I'm doing now. I've done a U-turn. I'm now heading back northeast on Heatherly Place, and I'm covering the same block or so that I just just covered. Just out on the lookout. It's hit and miss. What time of day? Oh, lots of pumpkins out tonight. Lots of post-Thanksgiving, post-Halloween pumpkins out. People are getting rid of their fall decorations and making ready for spring. Oh, here's a pretty good sized pile of stuff. Now, what do we got here? We got furniture, a uh, bunch of bad leaves. I'm gonna hop out of the truck for a second. Let's take a look. Grab my flashlight, be right back. Sure enough, there were some metal rods, about a quarter inch in diameter, long ones. Snagged those up, tossed them in the back. This is kind of how it goes. And along the way, we talk about what we think about. Well, we're picking from America's Bounty here on one on the Brockham Way. Somebody with their high beams on, facing right at me. Nice. Always enjoy that blinded as I'm trying to go down the road. And let's see what we got here. It's a vehicle parked facing the opposite way of traffic. It's a pickup truck, high beams on. I'm guessing it's a scrapper and looks like it is. So I'm not the only guy out here tonight. Don't ever expect to be. Um, some people get really upset when they see that. And it really depends. It depends on how thorough they are and what they're looking for as to whether or not it makes a difference as to whether or not I continue in a neighborhood or not. Um, some scrappers are only looking for large objects. Um, furnaces, hot water tanks, um, you know, uh, large uh, chairs for the, for the backyard, that kind of thing. And they tend to zip right by the all the other stuff right 
Then there's other scrappers who go out and the only thing that they're interested in is electrical cords. That's that's a sum total of what they're into. Oh, there's a garage door opener. I'm, I'm taking that. Hang on a second. I'm going to back up for that one. And I'm putting gloves on because those are always greasy. Always greasy. greasy. They never fail to be greasy. That one was no different. All assembled. All the chain and the uh, bar that the little trolley runs on and the motor unit. Probably about 25-30 pounds of scrap metal right there. You know, and last time I sold scrap metal, which couple weeks back. It was 11 cents a pound. Oh, we got another, this is like a dump out. What I tend to call dump outs. Where somebody's just heaved a bunch of shit onto the curb. And there's a little something there. Hang on a second. I'll be back. plastic than metal more trouble than it was worth I'll let that other scrapper guy have it if he spots it maybe he's hungrier than I am so anyway like I was saying before I found a garage door opener it seems like every scrapper's got a different appetite and I'm no exception of course I just rejected something that was more plastic than metal because it was really only a couple pieces of steel tubing, maybe grand total of half a pound of steel and maybe another couple pounds of plastic and that's just not worth fussing with. Um, but I tend to cast a pretty broad net when it comes to this stuff. I'll grab up an electrical cord, I'll grab up a faucet, you know. If I find, uh, you know, lawn furniture in good shape, I'll take that. Hot water tanks, I absolutely love them. Ooh, ooh, that looks like a stroller. That it. So we're backing up. No, it's not a stroller. Yeah, it's a freaking car seat. Alright, it's a little infant seat for a car. It's not... No, no significant amount of metal in those. Um... You know, it's cold night, and if I don't see myself making a dollar from it, I'm not getting out of the car. Now there's a toaster oven. I'll probably make half a dollar off a toaster oven at least. Hang on, be right back.
Yeah, that toaster oven's at least 10 pounds, so there's a dollar in that. It's worth me stopping to get out for something that's worth a dollar, pick it up off the curb. It's when you get into 10, 20, 30 cents, it's like, what are you doing? It's not worth the effort. So we try to just make those stops that make sense. Now, uh, that one might not make sense, but you can't really tell. The other thing that's going on is it's dark. Like really dark, like midnight dark. It's 8.51, but it's dark as dark as it ever gets here. I'll be right back. you got to remember to walk around that garage door opener. It's hanging over the tailgate about three, four feet, and it's dark, of course. Got skunked, didn't find anything. What I thought was something was really a couple of pieces of uh, trim molding. Not very useful. Not very useful at all. But as long as I was outside, I did kind of do a sweep of the other two or three drops right nearby because, hey, if I'm out of the truck, I might as well try to make a penny off of it, no matter how small. Didn't find anything. Okay, turning from Anthony on to Ryan Road. Heading north on Ryan for a block. Then I'll be turning right away on this snowy night. On to Stephanie. Stephanie turns back into Hatherley Place after it kind of curves around. It's kind of a busy street, actually. It's a feeder into the neighborhood and it gets its fair share of traffic. And uh, often I kind of feel a little pressure to sort of hustle along faster than my preferred, you know, 10, 15 miles an hour. There's that little pile of stuff. What is that? It looks like a blender. Blenders are nice. We'll take a blender. One second. Left the glass, you know, decanter, I guess it might be, the pitcher from the blender behind because, well, that doesn't buy us anything. But we grabbed up the motor and the associated power cord and it's in the back of the truck. Oh, mattress night. I've been seeing my fair share of mattresses already tonight. Mattresses are absolutely disgusting. We don't want any of them. It's funny, you see these things go through cycles, and uh, you know, they say that there's certain times of year that are the best time to buy this or the best time to buy that, be it spring, summer, winter, or fall. And uh, what happens is, is the old whatever it is gets tossed out. So you see a mattress, I'm not interested in the mattress, but I darn sure might be interested in the frame, the, the metal frame that supports the mattress if I happen to spot it. Is this another scraper out here? 
maybe it's Amazon. Hard to say. It is Amazon doing a delivery. Okay. If I see, you know, three, four scrappers out here, I start thinking about moving the greener pastures. Oh, there's a couple of grates from the inside of an oven. I'll get those. Be right back. Also picked up an aluminum screen from like a screen door. May even have aluminum screening material. And I am going to walk my head on that damn garage door opener bar if I'm not careful. Continuing up Stephanie here. Going into the big curve. And I'm going to bypass Chad Bourne for a second here so I can go and complete the whole Stephanie slash Hatherley Place strip. Just make sure I'm not leaving any stones unturned. It's snowing out pretty good. Um, it's not heavy but it's steady and uh, go ahead big guy. Oh yeah you, you can turn. I'll even wait for you. There you go. Everybody else gets to go in front of me. I don't want anybody following me because I tend to drive a little bit erratically and it's just not conducive to good interpersonal relations with the other drivers to be poking along looking for junk at 15 miles an hour and they're trying to get home. So they can go around me, they can go past me when we're on a head-to-head -head situation like I just was there. I don't care. I have no ego about who gets to go first when I'm out doing this. And honestly, I'm getting that way with most of my driving now. I'm tired of battling with people over imaginary real estate that I don't own. Okay, we're going back uh, to Chadbourne. We're going to do the Chadbourne thing. Chadbourne Drive to the west of Stephanie slash Hatherley Place has a little cord on the side of it. What is it called? I don't remember. Chadbourne Court. Well, there's something complicated. Now, you know, it's weird because I'll remember picking up a car battery off of the curb right there by that fire hydrant over there. Maybe three years ago, maybe more. And it's funny, um, car batteries are somewhat valuable. You know, there's a reason why if you go to the parts store and you buy a car battery that they charge you what is called a core charge, they, they want that battery back. And the reason is because um, they're full of lead. And lead is very reusable. It's, a, it's, a, it's not precious metal, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very recyclable. And um, they, uh, the parts store actually charges you a core charge that is designed to exceed the, the scrap metal value of the battery, right? So we just bought a car battery for my son's car. And uh, 
the going core charge was about 23 bucks. Now, car batteries vary somewhat in terms of their weight. They're they're cube-shaped objects, roughly speaking, and um, they might weigh 20 pounds. They might weigh 50. Some of the really extreme cases might weigh 100, but you don't see too many of those. So there's something glinting back at me on the curb here as I come around. Let me, where's the other scrapper dude going by? No, same kind of truck, doesn't have scrap in it. Okay, back in a second. was pretty good. That was a trailer hitch assembly. Not just the drawbar, but the whole receiver and the uh, heavy metal frame. Looked like the truck that it was mounted to had been in a wreck. I don't know how this guy ended up with having it left over as garbage, but it's 50, 60 pounds. Okay, so I've kind of looped around on Chadbourne and uh, I'm going past the, the prime delivery driver again. He's probably wondering, well, he's probably not paying attention. Honestly, nobody sees you when you're scrapping, really. Very few people pay any attention whatsoever. A lot of people have these, ooh, he's picking through the trash sort of rea reactions when I tell him what I do, or I think they do anyway. Nobody really says that to me, but the reality is that if you're picking through the trash, you may as well be invisible because nobody wants to look at that. Nobody wants to see that, all right? They think that you're less fortunate than they are. They're afraid that maybe you're, you know, some kind of a homeless dude or something like that and you're gonna try and hit them up for a buck or maybe you're crazy. Um, and I dress to match those expectations, right? I'm not wearing my good clothes. I'm wearing my 12 or 13 year old Carhartt, you know, duck jacket that's probably, oh geez, it's shredded in front. You know, there's not a lot left of it. Just enough to still keep me warm on, on a night like tonight. But uh, I'm not exactly what you would consider presentable, right? And the idea here is, yes, I'm driving an 11 year old truck that's probably still worth fifteen sixteen thousand dollars and yes I my name is known around town I'm planning commissioner and I'm leader of the cert team and all those things um, but uh, you know the average person he doesn't know that and he's just gonna see me he's gonna see a guy that's kind of dressed a little bit shabbily backing up to see if I got something here let's see it looks like a dryer vent and a furnace filter, which is not useful. Okay, never mind. I do end up doing that. I'm on uh, Chadbourne at Saxony right now. Uh, it's now 3. 36 degrees, still snowing. Um, you know, it, <laughs> you want to be anonymous, right? Up to a point. Now, I do have business cards. It says, it's a very simple message on them. It says scrap pickup, and it's got a, my name and email address and, and a phone number that people can text me. And if I run across somebody, and you can tell from their garbage, 
Um, one does not have to be an anthropologist to figure out that somebody is in some kind of business where they're going to have a stream of stuff, right? And uh, I might hand that business card out to somebody that I think, you know, it might benefit me to have that sort of a relationship. And I do get called on it every now and then. It, it's not an everyday thing. It's not an every month thing, but it does happen. A little warm in the truck. Let's turn that heat down. It's 36 degrees, and I had it pumped up because... Uh, oh, I should introduce my dog, Dexter. Dexter is riding behind me in the back seat in his in his assigned position. He's riding shot dog and uh, he is tethered so he uh, he's he's tethered to one of the latch uh, child safety seat supports in the truck so he's he's not gonna he's not gonna be running around jumping out of the truck or hopping on me that kind of thing um, but he enjoys going for a good ride Dexter is a four-year-old beagle, and we think Jack Russell Terrier mix. He uh, is normally um, pretty high-maintenance, Dexter is. He's, and I don't mean that in the pejorative sense. He's, he's active. He's a very active dog, and uh, he likes to get out, and he gets a walk, and he gets a ride, and he gets played with, and you know, he's, he's a dog in his prime, and he's, he's, he's about 30 pounds, maybe. And uh, he's got beagle features on his face, and uh, he's got kind of a strange not-beagle body, but he's a cute dog. Anyway, um, he, he, uh, he needs a certain amount of activity to keep him from driving us nuts. Okay, turning on to... 15 mile road here. Gonna go through the Zaz gas station parking lot around the back. Now, I have a commercial guy here who I haven't heard from in quite a while now that I'll, I, I work a deal with and I, I do a split with him on the material that he produces in his, in his repair shop business on mold repairs. And, But he's been pretty quiet lately, and I think that maybe what might be happening is he might have found somebody else who's given him a little better deal than the split that I was giving him. I don't know. Not sure. It's a pretty fair split. Whoa. His gate is swinging open, and he's got stuff blowing all over the place tonight. That's not good. Anyway. And I got some stuff in the backyard at home that uh, is going to go on the truck. I've got a stove that a friend of mine gave to me. And uh, I've got an old compressor. And there's some yard, garden type furniture stuff my neighbor across the street wants me to pick up and uh, take out of his hands. So I'll probably do that tonight too. Nothing on the Zaz parking lot except an excuse to talk about it, I guess. But that's okay. So we go up to the next street and we go back 
heading west on 15 Mile Road, and we turn on the first street, which I think is Mar Maureen. Maureen, that's right. And then it's, we've just we've traversed the length of Maureen, but there is an entry onto what I believe is Weber Drive from Maureen, just a little bit north of 15 Mile Road. That little stub of a street is called uh, Brian. See what an expert I am. Okay, so there's a little little neighborhood here that, and this is Wright Drive that I'm turning north on. 9:08 p.m. So let's see. I've been out here about 43, 44 minutes, and I've covered six miles. And that's just driving through my, my subdivision, right? I haven't really left my neighborhood. Um, so I track this stuff, right? I know how many miles I travel for each trip. And uh, I pay taxes on the income that I get from Scrap Metal Light. I don't try to play that game. Uh, it is a cash business, but there are records created at the scrapyard. And... Um, I just don't care to tangle with the IRS. I'm just not, uh, got too much to lose. So, what I do is I track my mileage, I track my expenses, um, and, uh, you know, I put that up against my uh, gross take, and I come up with a net, and I pay taxes on the net. And generally the way that it works out is that I pay enough overage in my regular job income taxes that I don't end up really paying anything out of pocket to cover this. Um, there's some people that would tell you that, hey, you're giving the government a free loan. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I don't have to worry about coming up with tax money in April. And uh, I wasn't going to earn any interest on that anyway. The interest rate situation is terrible right now. Not going to delve too deeply into that. Um, anyway, I'm uh, on Drake, I think it is. Again, heading north. Doing a big loop around type of thing. Heading towards Chadbourne. I've kind of worked a circuit, right? I, I know the path that I'm going to take, turning on to Buxton right now. Uh, I know the path that I'm going to take. It's not random. It's done very deliberately in this order because I know that if I follow this path, aside from a little bit of doubling back over the same territory, which like I say is pretty much unavoidable, I'm going to cover the whole neighborhood. And what I'm also doing that you can't see is I have a hiking GPS, the Garmin E Trex 20, I believe it is. And it's got uh, maps of the neighborhood loaded into it. I think it's maps of the entire continental US actually. Um, and I'm, I'm displaying my current position as I drive down the street and the track feature 
lays down a green stripe on the map every place that I've been. And what this does for me is it uh, allows me to visually see if I've been down a street or not. And if I come to a point where I've got to make a decision, do I go left, do I go right, do I go straight, then I can take a look at this thing and uh, determine if I've been there yet or not. Because it's not difficult to turn yourself around when you're driving through a neighborhood and double over something. and You know, you don't want to do that if you can avoid it. Um, plus, you want to you see a constant stream of new stuff because um, that's where the opportunities are, right? Junk is one of those things that is a pure economic opportunity. It's laying there for anybody to come along and pick up. Anybody who's got the motivation, anybody who's got the time, anybody who's got the vehicle and the gas to burn. Um, and, of course, the health and strength to be able to manipulate it. All of which are things that I'm thankful to have. Um, okay, now I've traversed the entire length of... Ooh, 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 what we got there? Oh, that looks like a um, blinds rod. Those are aluminum. Be right back. rods are made out of extruded aluminum. I don't know if that other guy was scrapping or not. Honestly, if he was, he's missed a lot. Turning back on the 15 mile from Brighton. Again, heading west. Got a little traffic coming here. It's snowing lightly. It's not really sticking to the pavement, at least not yet. Don't know if it's going to. And turn north on the Davison from here. Follow this guy that was just going past me. Looks like a Jeep Grand Cherokee L, brand new one, 2022. Every time I go down this neighborhood, I see this early 90s Dodge Intrepid as first gen. It's red, it's in very nice shape. Looks like it's a uh, base model with the 3.3. Uh, it's only got a single exhaust uh, pipe out the back. And uh, that car is damn near 30 years old and it still looks good and somebody is still using it every day. And I had one of those. I had I had a first generation Intrepid. Um, it was a good car. I didn't have it for very long. Ooh, what do we got here? Um, that is a... TV set. Diminishing returns on TV sets these days. Let's see if this one is one I want. Well, I want the power cord anyway. Just that So, got the power cord off the flat screen TV. Now, in the time that I have been scrapping, which is about 12 years now, um, 
America has gone from CRT television sets to flat screen television sets. They started out with plasma televisions and plasma was pretty quickly replaced with LED and LCD technologies that are lighter and less expensive, consume less power. And uh, these things um, have some, some fairly decent quality boards in them, circuit boards, that uh, are sometimes worth recovering. Um, but you got to take the TV apart. And what's happened in the last couple of years is as the manufacturers have found themselves in a maturing market for flat panel televisions, um, people are replacing them and manufacturers have worked pretty hard to drive the cost down. And uh, one of the things that they've done to do that is they've replaced the metal chassis with a plastic chassis, at least the covers. Um, there's usually still a little bit of metal in them, but on a uh, percentage of the weight basis, it's not very much. Used to be a very worthwhile thing to pick up a big flat screen TV, say a 50 or a 60 inch, there'd be a lot of metal in it, it'd be heavy too. Um, but uh, now the common stuff that you see isn't that worthwhile. And uh, SUV going past me, going the other way. Um, so uh, on those, a lot of the times I just become a power cord thief. I just take the power cord off of it. Um, I'm not going to... I've learned to be wiser with my time. I used to take everything apart. Everything I got. If there was a chance that there was a motor inside of it or some, some kind of circuitry or wiring or something of this nature, that's just a fish tank, no thanks, um, then I'd, I'd bring it home and I'd, I'd, I'd smash it up or disassemble it with a screwdriver in my garage and get the goodies out and then turn around and put the rest of it on the curb for my trash collection to pick up. And what I've learned over time is that I've got less and less patience for that. Um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a dollars per hour kind of perspective to do that. Now, my dad put a screwdriver in my hand when I was about three years old, and I was always born to be a technical sort, and I've been taking stuff apart for literally, and I'm not making this up, 50 years. Um, it's just part of, part of what makes me tick, and uh, always had an abiding interest in mechanical things but when you're playing this game which I try to play it as smart as I can now realizing that my resources are somewhat limited and I'm sitting here at a standstill fighting for my flashlight which I put in my pocket I'm back up here I saw something on the curb over here okay that's a case of too much too much trouble for what it is. Alright, never mind. It's a baby swing. Um, you know, I just don't I just don't do that anymore. I don't take that much stuff apart. It, it's one of those things where 
Yeah, I kind of took out my 40,000th 40, 40, screw and I was done with it, you know? Um, I'm not kidding about that, by the way. I, I know a 40,000 screws is a big number. And I am here to tell you that I have probably taken that many screws out of things um, over the years. I have been a very active scrapper, more active at some times than others. Um, was always looking to separate the metals, make the most out of whatever I got. Uh, and I will still take some stuff apart um, if there's an opportunity to get copper separate from steel, separate from aluminum, right? Um, and I, I have made a concerted effort to do that. Because um, that's the way that you make the most money. You can, you can take all of your, your material to the scrapyard and dump it on what they call the shred pile. And they'll shred it all up and they'll use uh, these uh, magnetic uh, sorting processes to separate the steel from the aluminum, from the copper, from the brass, from the whatever and they will happily take all of their findings and you know sell those metals separately and uh, do quite well on it now you as the individual scrapper you can do the same thing right within reason you want to take those things apart and they will buy brass from you they will buy aluminum from you they will buy steel from you all separately too and you get a higher uh, price per pound on the more valuable metals. So for right now, I'm assuming because I haven't been to the scrapyard in a couple weeks, but I don't think it's changed much. Steel is is selling for 11 cents a pound. Um, cast iron brake rotors probably uh, 14 cents a pound. So you don't want to throw those in with the steel. Um, and then aluminum is in the 40 cents per pound range. Brass is in the dollar ten, dollar twenty cents per pound range. And copper, which is pretty much the king of the scrap metals, unless you get into really rare stuff, right? Um, copper is two-ish a pound, depending on grade. And all these metals have different grades um, that. Uh, correspond with their purity, right? If you've got a length of copper pipe and it's dripping with the solder that it was originally installed into the plumbing system with, then it's worth a little bit less than clean, shiny copper pipe that uh, it was just a scrap that was unused from a plumbing job. So uh, sometimes I find myself cutting off the, <laughs> cutting off the soldered parts of the copper pipe just so that I can make that little bit more. And does it make sense from an economic perspective? Well, I don't know. It's hard to say, really. Um, if you have enough of it, it certainly does. Um, if you have one or two pieces, maybe not, depending on how big they are. I mean, if I got an eight-foot length of copper pipe with two inches of uh, solder on it, yeah, I'm going to cut that up because that's uh, just what you do. Um, but I've got, if I've got a six inch piece of copper pipe, 
with a little solder on it. I'll let them take it as number two copper instead of number one. The price differential is probably about 35, 40 cents a pound, something like that. Just talking off the top of my head, don't hold me to these numbers. They change. Um, turning on to Dixon from Ryan Road, heading to the east um, at 9.24. And we've been out for an hour. I have not uh, really filled the truck up, but uh, I know that I got a lot of stuff at home. So what we're looking for here is stuff to make a nice rounded out truckload. And a nice rounded out truckload is somewhere around comfortably 600 pounds. Um, generally, unless it's automotive parts and all of it is automotive parts, um, the bulk of things that you tend to find in the in the trash with this half ton crew cab ram that I've got uh, it's it's getting pretty full back there when you got 600 pounds it's you're starting to pile it up and it's starting to you know you're not overloading the truck by any means but you're maybe loading it a little higher than some police officers might like and I don't want that sort of attention now there is a mattress by the side of the road and I can see that the bed frame's there so I'm gonna get that. Be right back. So again, it's experience, right? You see a mattress, you look for the bed frame. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you find one. That one looks like it was a queen-size bed. So I probably picked up, hmm, conservatively, 15, 20 pounds of steel. So, you know, it's a few bucks. It's not all the money in the world, but uh, it's, uh, it's worth getting out of the truck for. Alright. Turning on to Pomano off of Mahogany. Maybe it's Pompano. I don't know. Read the street signs. Oh my goodness, it's an old school cathode rates television, the sort of which you don't see very much anymore. I don't want the TV. I'm done with those, but I'm gonna cut its cord if it's still there. I'll be right back. Now, I could take that TV home. I could bust it up and I could make maybe another dollar and a half off of it. Just not worth the effort. So I don't. Quite simply. So anyway, we're on the uh, we're we're in between Ryan and Mount, we're in between 15 mile and 16 mile. We're in the northern half of that neighborhood now, north of of the uh, 
Sterling Relief Drain, the two halves of the neighborhood are divided by the Sterling Relief Drain. And uh, basically, um, where am I going with this? I guess where I'm going is that I'm done with half of the neighborhood. All right. I haven't found a, a huge pile of stuff, but I found enough to make it be worthwhile. It's a good enough night that I'm not just going to throw my hands up and go home early, right? Um, sometimes you go out here and somebody who is as thorough as me has been out in front of me and they've cleaned the place up and there ain't nothing to be had. And then I just kind of go, well, tonight's not my night. And I'm just thankful that I'm not using this money to feed my family or depending on it to anyway. Um, other nights, there's so much stuff around that you could make three, four trips uh, back and forth through this one neighborhood. And that looks like something I might want. Let me have a look see at that. I'm on Rosemary. Right by the fire plug at 40, what is that, 4087? Let's see here what we got. Okay, so occupational hazard. When you're looking for junk at night, sometimes you get fooled by what you see, and especially if there's a light coat of snow on and things, it, it glints like metal does. Wait a minute, not, not 75 feet up the road, nothing, nothing I want. An interesting looking pile, but not that interesting. So yeah, I kind of went through my cathode, cathode ray television, CRT television uh, period there, and America got rid of its CRT TVs between 2012 and 2018, or thereabouts. Um, everybody wanted a flat screen. You couldn't give a new CRT TV away. I've found new CRT TVs in the box, still in the plastic. And I, I, could, I couldn't find somebody who wanted them. I found one guy who wanted one. The most he would give me for it was five dollars. <laughs> so I mean, you know, that's that's the end of that product, right? Not going to be making any more. And now uh, there's very few of them left. Um, you know, somebody's cleaning out their basement and found one that great grandma used to watch The Price Is Right on or something, and you know, out to the curb it goes, and I come along and. You know, it's a sharp contrast to those earlier years that I was mentioning. I'd have, like, nights where I'd pick up 10, 11 TVs, and I'd process all of them and piss my garbage man off. Oh, my God, they were upset with me because they knew what I was doing, right? All of a sudden, you know, they got no TVs. Then they come to Garropy's house, and there's, like, half a ton of them, literally. And they were like cut this out you know they yell at you from the garbage truck and I was like gee guys sorry uh, at least you know you got them all in one spot but um, 
I guess that wasn't much consolation to them. So on Seminole at Iroquois, Seminole is a court. Kind of tracing my way through the neighborhood here. I like doing the round around in cul-de-sacs backwards. That is to say, I like to go around them with the driver's side of the truck on the sidewalk side of the street and there's nothing there okay. um, but this one is a little bit odd it's a little bit too big for that and I don't do that I guess it's why did I even bring it up well Maybe this will be the part of the the the, uh, the program that hits the cutting room floor. Let's say basically just stream of consciousness. All right, so turning off of Iroquois onto Jefferson. Jefferson is looking awfully quiet and snowy tonight. Most people are in for the night by 9.34. I mean, yeah, there's still be, on a Monday night, yeah, there's still be some people out and about, but 9.34 on a Monday night, there isn't, there isn't gonna be too much activity. So, I don't have the streets completely to myself, but I don't have a lot of company either. And, um, you know, if I see another pickup truck, or sometimes a full-size van, like the kind of plumber drives, um, cruising through the streets and I see them more than once they're scrapping um, that's 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 the reason why they're there and what I'm doing is mentally I'm driving past these places where I have previously picked up big piles of stuff okay and I'm remembering that from however many weeks or months ago that was and uh, <laughs> I'm looking to see if it's gonna happen again a little like a little Pavlovian sort of response okay on 16 mile road briefly here turning onto Lamar Drive it's funny how the human mind works I mean I can't tell you who I talked to yesterday right but I can remember a piece of junk that I picked up off a curb you know two years ago and where it was I, I, I don't have a good explanation I just the way my mind seems to work for some reason. I think we'll go to high beams. And, uh, you know, I'm rolling through here at 9.36 at night. 33 degrees. Snowing. Lightly. And uh, hoping for, for repeat performances of these little things. Now, yeah, let's see there. That's the... Yeah, I don't want to turn down that one. Just use that GPS that I was telling you about to kind of see where I've been and where I'm going and make a decision about whether or not I make a turn. And signs point to going straight. Got a little bit of a squeak in the truck. Don't know if the microphone in the phone is picking that up or not, but got a squeak in my blower motor. And I'm just so excited about that. 
just think, wow, this is a great opportunity to change the blower motor in my truck. What could be more fun than that? And probably find that, you know, I've got a heater core leak that's dripping onto its bearings and causing it to squeak. That sounds like my idea of a good time not. Turning back on to Dixon, heading east again. Alright, there's hardly ever anything on Dixon. I don't know why it is. Some places you just learn that that street doesn't produce. I don't know why. Turning on to Waltham. Dixon is one of those streets that just doesn't produce. I, it's a connector to a lot of streets that do produce in terms of junk. But it isn't, it isn't the go-to spot. It isn't why you're there. It's, you're, you're there to get to the other places. It's, it's not the destination. It's kind of strange how you learn that about these places, these streets that, you know, it's, some of them are, are maybe it's, maybe it's the, the point in the lives of the people that live on particular streets. Maybe they've got young children or they're, I don't know, I can, it, it's hard to even imagine what the circumstances might be that would cause a neighborhood, one neighborhood on, or one street in, in a neighborhood to produce, reliably produce more junk than the other. It happens though. I'm, I'm here to tell you it happens. And, you know, there are streets that, you know, you actually start to look forward to driving down to see what you're going to find that night. And then there are other streets where it's like, eh, just get me through this. And then, you know, that's when you blast along at 20, 25 miles an hour, you know, doing the speed limit. And then you, you roll 75, 80 feet past something that catches your eye and then you got to back up because, of course it was there and you didn't realize it because you didn't expect it to be there. It's a human foible. We are just about back to 16 mile and I have to make the decision. Yeah, I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on 16 mile over a couple streets from Waltham and make my way back into the neighborhood very light traffic tonight. Going past St. Basil the Great Byzantine Catholic Church. And hanging a Ricky here from 16 Mile onto Weber. Weber Street, just like the grill company, just like the grill company. So I'm driving through here. My truck is 93, 94,000 miles, something like that, with its squeaky blower motor. Alright, gonna take a jog left on Lewis. And uh, let's see what we find here. What we find? Nothing. And let's go on to Kiro Court. Uh, that's code for I end at 16 Mile Road in a cul-de-sac. Kiro Court. And this one I will 
go around the, the bulb shape of the cul-de-sac um, clockwise, I guess, is the way to express it best, rather than the ordinary counterclockwise. And will I see the curb any better? Yes, I will. Does that mean I'm going to find anything? Survey says no, I'm not gonna find anything. Okay, there you have it. End of story. So this is kind of like ride along with a scrapper, right? People want to have ride alongs with the police and ride alongs with the fire department because they do exciting things. I'm doing the exact opposite of exciting things and uh, still telling you all about it like you needed to know. Like maybe you wondered. You know, what is, what is that goofy guy out there who's in a ripped up coat and an old pickup truck? What the hell is he think he's doing? You know, he's, he's, he's making a buck. That's what he's doing. He's doing it honestly. He doesn't owe anybody anything. He's using, using his time on this earth to save some things that would otherwise find their way into the dump which is a total waste, in my opinion. I'm not a big environmentalist, but I really feel strongly about this particular thing. Iron, aluminum, copper, um, steel, these things all have to be dug out of the earth and refined, and it doesn't come at any small expense. It's, uh, it's a waste. It's a complete waste of humanity's resources to allow those things to be returned back to the earth summarily and without any attention given to the fact that they have intrinsic value and they should they should wind up being reused and recycled and repurposed instead of just discarded I just and that's why there's people willing to pay money for guys like me to go out there and salvage this stuff right scavenge for this stuff because it has value but you know the gar the, the, the the garbage collection guys they don't they don't do that right they, they, they just they, they just heave the shit in the back of the truck and, <laughs> and it goes to the dump and I don't think that there's really any effort at the dump being made to rescue anything no, I'm stopping and wasting my time looking at a box doing this from inside the truck obviously because you can hear me that was completely fruitless so okay you got to ask the question right it's a reasonable question is it worth the fossil fuel that you're burning to retrieve these materials before they go to the dump and the answer to that is well if we if we account for the fossil fuel that we're burning in terms of the miles driven right and we put that into the balance sheet with all the other things that we're doing um, the answer turns out to be yes it is a profitable activity even though it costs a little bit of money to pursue it and you know no I'm not doing this in a in a, in a donkey driven cart or something like that Ooh, it looks very interesting I wonder what the hell that is I gotta, I gotta stop and look I don't know what it is, but it looks interesting. I got a hunch. Be right back.
turned out a steel curtain rod. Pretty good sized one. And there was a mop handle on the other side of the street, also steel. And now there's another good sized pile of trash, and that looks like vacuum cleaner. wonder if there's a power cord there. Let's have a look. Power cord saved from the trash. Vacuum cleaner can go to the trash. Vacuum cleaners are interesting. Have motors in them, which have some value. However, they also have people's dust and debris inside from their homes, right? And, you know, I was into taking some vacuum cleaners apart in the early days, but I got a snoot full of dust a couple of times, and I'm like, you know, this cannot be good for my health. And now, the vacuum cleaner, unless it's one of the old ones that's all steel that I don't have to take apart, it goes, it goes on and stays on the curb and I just take the cord. It's just, I'd be ashamed, but I'm not really. It's, it's, it's a matter of my health and I'm just not, not into inhaling people's dead skin cells, their pet stander, their, their viruses, their, 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 their fecal matter, bleh, no thanks. Okay, Cobana cord, is it? Oh no, it's dead end. Headed west. It's a cul-de-sac, as our French friends would say. <clears throat> Probably not the way our French friends would say it. And it's one of those cul-de-sacs that people are treating as their own personal parking lot. They're parking radially outward from their property into the street, which is annoying. Not to be illegal. Nothing on that one. Nothing. So let me just take a quick pause here. Take a look at where I am. Okay. So, yeah, I need to take a right here, turn left onto Dixon, take the next, no, not the next left, but the one after that. Okay. So, an hour and 24 minutes in, you're either really dedicated, <laughs> or you're bored silly, and you're just wondering where this is going, or I have edited this down to the point where it's not so long that it isn't interesting. I don't know which of those three cases it is. I hope that I'm providing something of value, some interest to you. I don't expect to make any money off of this, I'm just flapping my jaws because I can. So I'm going to go to the very end of Dixon. And that's the eastern end for those of you keeping score on the maps at home. And there's another street. Uh, it might be Dixon Street. It might be at Dixon Court. I'm not sure. But uh, it uh, turns sharply northward and then ends in another cul-de-sac. And uh, 
kids a toilet. Oh yeah, those are always great. Uh, not. They've got no value. Alright, we're gonna follow this one clockwise. This cul-de-sac. This one's a pretty big one. It's got an island in the middle of it. There's actually cars parked on both sides of it. Some of them are facing one way, some of them are facing the other. This uh, one house that I happen to be going by right now, there's a pretty good sized pile of crap there. Let's see here. Windows down. And it's a headboard. There might be a thing or two there. I need to hop out. Every once in a while, and it happened at this house years ago. People see the drunk man going by and they're like, hey buddy, hang on for a second. You know, and you stop and you get out and it's like, uh, what can I do for you? And they're like, well, I got this this pile of brake rotors that I'd like to get rid of. Okay. You, you had me at brake rotors. Um, I'm usually quite happy to help them carry whatever it is out to the curb and lop it into the, lob it into the truck. And, uh, works out to everybody's benefit. Those people, they get a card and generally they're friendly and you want to talk to them for a few minutes and stuff so you get you get a little socialization in. It's good for everybody. Good for the world, good for my pocketbook, good for the good for the scrap metal business, good for the neighborhood. It's win 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 every way you look at it. Thirty-two degrees, snowing steadily, but not hard. But it is accumulating on the grass and on the objects that have been placed out for collection. So they're right at the freezing point. You get a real heavy snowfall for getting. You're not gonna. You're not gonna find that. You're not going to find anything. Um, nobody really does very well in a blinding snowstorm, in my opinion. Okay, I'm on Elmont, I'm certain, because I know it. I don't even have to look at a street sign for that one. And it forks into Elmont and Elmont Court, which is another cold de sac. Dead end, as they call it. It's so... I mean, the people living on a dead end, I mean, do they realize that they've reached the, the, the low point, <laughs> the nadir of their existence? They're at a dead end. Am I using the word nadir right? I'm wondering. N-A-D-I-R. I don't think that that's the high point. I think that's the low point, but I could be wrong. Alright, nothing on Elmont Court. Nothing worth talking about. There is a truck coming. I'm going to let him go. I'm that kind of fella. And there's another vehicle coming. And he's going to turn on the Elmont. And I'm turning behind him. Now, I think I've seen most of this stuff here. Yeah, I just got to get around the corner and... I get to a street that I branched off onto earlier. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use that as a turnaround point. 
which for those of you keeping score at home is Bristor. Bristor in Almont, southeast Michigan, Sterling Heights, probably 48310. Put it on your Google or Google map it. Find out where Garropy's been. Hanging in there back there, Dexter. Dexter's sound asleep. Alright, now I'm going to go back down Elmont proper. And there's a little corner of it that I didn't get. So this is one of those unavoidable cases of if you're going to see everything, you're going to double over some of it. And we will double over some of it. Traveling 19 miles per hour here because I have been over this stretch. Now slowing down to a more sedate 15 miles an hour for the last couple hundred feet till I get to Dixon. And what do I find? What do I find, he says? Uh, it's a vacuum cleaner. That looks like it's got a cord on it. So let me go do a cordectomy. Sometimes I think my subconscious mind plays a role in spotting these things because I get out of the truck and there they are. Sure enough, I picked up on them. But, man, they're kind of obscure. And uh, there's something going on below the conscious level that's enabling me to see these things. I really kind of believe. Okay, I have just about covered my route for tonight. I could, I, there's other neighborhoods that are getting their trash picked up tomorrow morning. And, you know, I don't like to leave them go. On the other side of the coin, um, there's still a, there's still a one street left to cover here, uh, according to my map. Um, but I, I do have, I do have items at home that need to be loaded into the truck, and the oven is kind of heavy. So we're going to take a last pass here on Allison, which then turns into, um, I think it's Paxton, maybe? Something like that? Let's see. What is the name of the street? Nothing really here worth knowing. So, I think that probably up until this point, I've found about 150 pounds worth of stuff. Something like that. Pickwick. That's the name I couldn't come up with. And Pickwick has got a court hanging off of it to its south. That will do a loop-de-loop -loop through. Not a literal loop-de-loop, -loop, you understand. That would be tricky with a truck. Um, what do we got here? What do we got here? Oh, lots of nothing. That's what we got. So, 
Suitcases, don't want them. Nothing good in a suitcase that I want. Sometimes there's a box that just compels me to go over there and open it up. I have to see what's inside of it for some reason. And quite often they're not labeled, right? They don't have any plain, plain markings on them that say, Jeff, good stuff inside, stop and look. No, it just, I have to look for some reason. And you know, oddly, when that happens, there must be something about the size and, and shape of it that suggests it to my mind. I don't know what, but uh, you know, I've, I've found some pretty interesting stuff inside of those boxes. And uh, so anyway, it's uh, 10 p.m. And I am going to wrap this thing up by saying thanks for listening if you've st stuck with me for this long. And uh, maybe if uh, people like this, there will be another one. So talk to you later. Bye.